it'll work. Let's do it. All Three, right. two. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this, the Legion Myth live stream. Uh, I am Garth Underwood, as always is my lovely, beautiful co-host, who you now see live on video. That's right. How is everybody doing? And uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us with our uh, brand new format, as you can see. It's a slight change. It's mainly changing you just see us and uh, go, gosh, these white boys are good. That's fine. Hey, now. Well, we are. Well, you just have bad lighting. That's all. Well, and I'm you know, mostly Irish. That'll do it. There you go. Yep, that'll do it too. Yeah. It's so, how have you been this week? I've been pretty well, pretty well. Um, uh, last last week of school for my boy, so uh, that was exciting. That was, does was, sound exciting. Yes, it was his first his first year of kindergarten, so he had uh, he had ups and downs. Not that very impressive. No, okay. Just kindergarten? That's nothing. Yep, it's, it's, nothing. it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, I mean, that's, he said, well, that's he kind said of "Mommy, a... mommy, look what I did." I said, "That's crap." Was that was that finger painting? Come on, use a brush like a man. <laughs> you call that noodle art? <laughs> it's got these different kinds of noodles. That's just macaroni. Now true. the uh, that's actually kind of a pet peeve of mine that where like they'll have kids do graduation ceremonies from kindergarten or something, and right now actually... we didn't have that. Call him on stage and hand him a diploma. Yeah. It's kindergarten. No, it's kindergarten, man. Just I, I would purposely keep him from an event like that. I mean, I, I can understand like an assembly for graduating elementary school, but even that shouldn't yes. get like caps and gown. Maybe a right, right. What you no, made no. out of paper or something. Like that. Yeah, you can have a piece of paper, you know, that, that says you know you've completed the the K basic minimum requirements as required by your state. Exactly right. A little state certification, maybe. Yeah. Boom, there you go. Have fun. Go, go away now. Yeah, exactly. You're not really impressing anyone. I, yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't want to call it part of the, you know, everyone gets a trophy thing, but that's no, that's part of it. Seems like yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad. I, I believe think. it. I believe yeah. it. I mean, graduating high school is something. It's still kind of expected. Yes, no, no, but yeah, but it is. It is the last of what is truly the state expects of you, education-wise. So you can be done. And honestly, you could just get a GED and not even go to high school. Right. Right. So it's something. It says you survived the government education process. Right. And all of the social pitfalls and and, and, uh, and bogs and such that... You, you have the psychological scars to show it. That's right. Congratulations. Good about you. The, uh, be true to your school. I always preferred the uh, Twisted Sister version, of course. Of course. Which was? What year? How do no, I know? No, no, no. The song. Oh, the name of the song. Yes. No, don't know. Be cruel to your school. Guest starring Alice Cooper. Oh, it was Alice Cooper, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was in that weird '80s era where right, right. He was yep. just coming. He was like his like his comeback from when he was super popular in the '70s, and then he went on a like three album bender, and no one knows what the hell happened to him. But then he like <laughs> you kind of sobered up and found Jesus and started making decent albums again. Yeah. Yeah. Thus the career of Alice Cooper. Big fan actually. Anyway, let's talk about something else. Uh, I'm coming up in this uh, episode. We're gonna have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, with a new Heathen Dogma for you, right That's in right. your brain, coming at you. Um, it is going to be his Call of Cthulhu explanation of ancient horror. Boom. 
So you're not really getting the rules or anything yet. You're just kind of going through the explanation of what ancient horror is. <laughs> no, no. See, the the hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna get the, into the rule stuff later on, but I'm gonna go a general arc over the entire thing, uh, how how it's built, um, how how characters are, what what to expect, you know, stuff stuff like that. But in in each segment after this, I'm able to break it down and use actual numbers because the current edition of uh, of this system. Uh, states on the website that it is it is uh, back playable to any edition previous. So even though I'm using an older edition than what's currently out right now, it's still completely uh, com completely applicable to the current edition. Oh, I like so it. So I That's can good. actually talk about that stuff. I actually yeah. really like the Colorful system. We'll talk about that later. Yep. Uh, also, we have Garthon's comic poll live this week. Sorry, he's gone last week. Um, we are going to talk about New Superman, Secret Empire, and another mystery comic book. Secret Empire? Are you trying to just kill us? I just have to talk about because it's cuts? the big event. I, I always oh, talk okay. about the big events. Whether all right, I like all right. them or not. All right, fine. And uh, I will give a surprise. This issue didn't suck. Wow. That is a surprise Hot, for Secret that's Empire. That's a high watermark, I it think. It is. I mean... <laughs> When not sucking is, you know, oh, oh, oh. It's you your know. gold standard? Something's wrong. Yeah, pretty much. It's not. It's got like the same standard that DC films are judged by. Right. You know, does, it, right. does it suck? No, this one didn't suck. Oh, get the kids. Oh, 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 I got to see that. <laughs> Wonder Woman doesn't suck. Oh, my gosh. Fill up, fill up the RV. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the drive-ins, kids. All right, um, then whatever goes through the brain sense of the RG. But let's talk about our disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be occasionally use of foul or offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Oh, Baldahar's watching. Hey, Baldahar. All right. So now... He is. i got to refresh my chat. I didn't see him coming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Bummer. All right. As always, if you want to check out other things with Legion of Myth, our videos, we have a million of them, uh, you can also contact us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Legion of Myth, on Messenger, uh, on Twitter. Go and tweet at us. We'll tweet at you, at Legion of Myth. Always something interesting going on there. I make no promises. What's that there? That is in the wrong place. What's in the wrong place? Anyway, but with all that aside, <laughs> Valdar says he's a ninja. That's why you couldn't see him. Oh, gotcha. But now that we got that aside... We are going to talk about something else. We're going to talk about Heath the Dogs, Call of Cthulhu, Explanation of Ancient Horror, based on 5th right. edition Chaosium rules. That's right. And uh, hello, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, this is a system that's dear to my heart. Uh, it's I played it at a point in my life when I believe that I am ready to, to play dark games. And this this so game like is grade. dark. No, no, it was a little actually a little late. Uh, no, wait. Maybe it's ninth grade. I think I first played it in tenth grade. Okay. All right. Now this uh, this is horror RPG. This is this is straight up not for. It says it says in the in the book you see in the slide in front of you. It says tw ages twelve and up. I'm a parent, man. I would not allow that. New. No. Fifteen, sixteen would probably be my minimum because this stuff is supposed to cause nightmares. I mean, if if your if your keeper, which is the name of the of the game master in this game, does not scare the crap out of your investigators, which are the name of the players, then something something is wrong. You need a you need a new, new keeper because this is supposed to be frightening and disturbing. 
which on actually, several levels. Which is something that actually bothered me was happened to Cthulhu. He's gone from something, oh, dark, mysterious, to like, hey, look, I got a plushy Cthulhu dice bag. Oh, look, here's the yeah, Cthulhu twins. You know? Yeah, and we're, we're going to see that in the when, when I visited the website, which uh, we can pull that clip now once you're ready. You want that now? Hit it. All right, we are going to watch the Chaosium website. It's there. All right, here we scrolling. are. Here, here we are on the Chaosium website, and uh, we're scrolling down through it, and we see all of the products. And there's one of them, Seuss Thulu. There's a Call of Cthulhu Doctor Seuss looking thing, which I hovered over and circled because I thought that was ridiculous. It is. And then we have uh, we have other other content and their prices, and but we're going to scroll back up in a second, and we're going to go to the actual RPG Seventh Edition, which is the latest edition came out in 2014. Yep, we see it right now. Great, and. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna scroll down, look around some stuff, and we're gonna go. They have two books you need to play the complete game. They have the Keeper's Guide and the Investigator's Guide. Oh, the Keeper's right. Guide is fifty four ninety five, and the Investigator's Guide is forty four ninety five. Now, not cheap. Not cheap, but they are hardcover, and they come with a free PDF. Oh, that's always nice. DRM free. But if you just want to get the PDF, then great. Then you can save about forty percent or so on each of those books. Great. Very nice. So uh, I I looked at uh, at fifth edition D and and I'm sorry, uh, just D and D now. I think they just want to call it. But uh, I looked at that, and their their books are about thirty to forty dollars a piece. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and they don't come with a uh, with a free PDF of the of the book you bought that you get to keep no matter what. Right, they do not. Yeah, yeah, they don't come with that. But uh, let's say, hey, Ethan Dog, I you just you're talking about this book, and it sounds great, but Hey, you, you could you could sell you, you could sell sand to a Saudi. So I don't I don't know if I want to drop this this kind of dime on a book I don't know anything about. Yeah. Well, if you want to learn more about it, you uh, read some H.P. Lovecraft books. They're they're all free at any of your uh, any of the local uh, libraries. Major, well, local libraries true, but also any of your major uh, uh, ebook sources because because they're all uh, trademark free. Because they're they're before nineteen twenty six or something like that, so so you right, can download the copy, them. From there was, it was never properly copywritten. Well, they, they were copywritten, but anything before nineteen twenty six, copyright no longer exists. Right. There's Those, a, these things are actually free. So there I, are I ways to extend stuff like that, I and mean, that's how you got yeah. the whole Mickey Mouse thing with Disney. Right, thing. right, 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 right. Uh, but if you've got to have a whole crap ton of money, and they just don't. So you know, uh, Amazon or iTunes or wherever you go to to uh, to uh, buy and consume your your eBooks, then these will be of zero cost. So I recommend going going to get those. But if you're not a big reader, you want to see what the whole thing is about, then we can go on to our next slide. Uh, I got four four movies here for you that uh, that. In, in my opinion, do pretty pretty good job of uh, of uh, showing you the world. Do they uh, the all first say one, HP Lovecrafts? Uh, yeah, they do because because they're all based on on uh, on scenarios or maybe even actual books written by him or or people who wrote for him who who he allowed to write in his universe. Makes sense. Yeah, and uh, the first one is Dagon. Uh, Dagon was also uh, has a. Uh, nudity free version that that you can get that aired on the sci-fi channel so this this one is the most the most uh, family friendly and i wouldn't call any of this family friendly uh, <laughs> i would hope not yeah. you're talking elder yeah. horror so like hey kids exactly right now the, the next one is the unnameable which not a great film looks and feels like uh someone just dictated the the entire role-playing session of an actual gaming group and turned it into a movie 
so you really get 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 to feel what what it's like to to play in the game like you're like you are playing the game like you are one of these characters he reacts and acts in a way that uh that is equal or at least semi-equal to the rules of the of the game system so i had to put that in here all right. Also, because the enable is the name of a, a short story by HP Lovecraft. It is, and it's based on that, right? And we go, oh, we go to the next two books. I mean, they're not books. The, the next two movies. We have classics, classics, Reanimator and From Beyond. These ones epitomize what what HP Lovecraft horror should be. They are absolutely frightening. They the are. Reanimator is actually probably the most famous one. Yes, Reanimator is the is the most famous one. But From Beyond is just so far off into left field you're like oh my god i don't i don't understand my brain is not supposed to understand this and that's exactly what what lovecraft was getting at these the 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 creatures and what he called the the mythos uh are so alien in in design and in form and in function that the more you grasp what they are the more insane you become right because your mind cannot comprehend them yes without completely going nutters right right and so we'll we'll go on to the actual the actual game itself. Now, uh, the the game is like I said, it's a role player's dream. You can have any almost any setting you want. 1890s, 1920s. Uh, you you want to do something in World War II Europe? You can have uh, 1940s. You can have uh, 1950s. You can have uh, California Berkeley 1960s. You can have 1980s New York. You can have current day Oklahoma. I don't care. What about sci-fi? Can you do sci-fi? Um, they you you they're. They don't have any preset characters and skills for for future. They have up to modern era, but they but they, they do have uh, um, era free character sheets that you can get free off the on off the internet and down download in PDF form that you can fill in skills that that are appropriate to the era that you are you know wanting to play in. So yeah, you can do that too. It'll take Makes a little sense. more work, but yeah, it can be done. Now well, this I was kind of thinking thing- like kind of a like aliens setting. Where it's the future, but it's not exactly high right. tech. You know, I think you could just use a modern setting pretty easily for that. Yeah, you could. I mean, all, all the skills would be ap- applicable. I mean, you wouldn't need anything like warp drive repair. Yeah. But, you know, computers and engineering, stuff like that, modern era skills can easily be adapted for that. Right. We're fun. not talking Star Trek after all. Right, right, right. Now, these these, these creatures, uh, they're, they're called uh, great old ones and old gods and, and stuff and elder beings and stuff like that. But they're really just super powerful ancient aliens, and they, they they manipulate the universe in a way that is so unknowable to us that it seems like magic. Well, they're alien, but they're not space aliens, aren't they? Like from no. beyond the stars, from Some the, of the space the, between the light or something. The, the outer gods are like Azathoth and. Uh, oh yeah, because there's different. Yes. Factions yes. of the elder gods. That's right, right, right. No, no, no. Those are the outer gods. The elder gods are, are Cthulhu and whatnot. And, okay, okay. and all those guys yeah yeah now now the proper pronunciation is is cthulhu but anyone who does that all the time is someone you don't want to know all right so leave leave that person's area of effect as soon as possible probably so the same just... guy who always has to play the germans in any world war ii game maybe so yeah probably the same guy but uh yeah the, these are ancient unknowable beings and the more the 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 more you uh you get around them uh, the more screwed up you are going to be because uh, mind bending is just not even the tip of the iceberg on this one. And each, each, each game, as you, as you progress, if done correctly, you get the feeling that 
the the the, the great old ones waking up and and tearing up the landscape, destroying destroying humanity and taking over the world, and then and then by you know by extension the the uh, galaxy and universe and whatnot is an inevitable thing. It's going to happen. All of your good works, no matter what victories you make, all you're doing is slowing down the inevitable tide of entropy and destruction. Or it's possible your characters were just insane to begin with, and there never really was anything there. That That is a game that no one likes playing, because it's the same thing as a DD game, and the Game Master says, no, it was on Illusion. No, it's totally different. If it's done right, it actually could be really cool. Where you where you wake up from the from the whole season? Oh no, you die. Arc. Oh, you die and then wake up in an asylum. No, no, you're you you just get killed. But there's always that question of was that real or was I the only one? Were we the only ones able to see it? You know that kind oh, of okay. thing. Was it a shared well, illusion or was it just like let's say you have a party where only one member has like the mystic skills to actually see everything going on? Everyone else just seeing the side stuff. They can actually be like maybe that one character is just insane. The other people just believe him. You never know. No, uh, the, the the game isn't built for that. It's built that it is real. That's how it's built. I, I mean, know, you, but you, you can, you can change it. it if you can change it if you want to do that. But that that's not that's not the way the game is supposed to be played. But, I, I've you know, never had a character last past two sessions anyway. Okay, well I, I have, but it wasn't pretty. Anyway, uh, your starting character is not ready for this stuff. Okay, darn right. At all, he he or she has a has their own life. Nothing to do with the mythos at all. You stumble into it in, in, in your in your first adventure. And speaking of that, uh, the, the the next slide gives the gives the ride of the story. Now this is this is the setup of all of my first adventures <laughs> in Call of Cthulhu. The, I call these the five phases of grief. All right. The first phase is everything. You're, you're setting up the characters, and first everything's just fine. You know, you're you're doing your job. You're going you're going about your day. Everything's still normal. You know, the world's horrible and crap, but it's horrible and crap because of people, so it doesn't phase anyone. Uh, for example, let's say there's this cop. He's he's a detective, and uh, the, there's a third body that washed up out of the river, and he's he's starting to think like this this is some kind of serial killer. So he's got to solve this fast, or the FBI is going to come in and 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 uh, and take up his uh, his valuable his, time. His, no, no, well, yeah, take him his valuable time and all the credit he needs to to make lieutenant. So uh, um, on this on this third one, he uh, he finds some uh, some weird ink on the on the skin of one of the victims. Well, it seems like some kind of symbols, but he doesn't recognize them, of course. So he takes pictures and he has the lab analyze the the ink and analyze has the the gang the gang forensic unit analyze the stuff. And uh, this is phase two because he finds out that. Something's fishy. Uh, the, the the gang unit says the, 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 those tats aren't in the database anywhere, and the crime lab says this this ink is not just not used for tattooing; it's just not used for anything. I mean, it's it's made with crushed beetles and honey and uh, some acid. I think it's like a very that. some sort of strange squid ink, but like yeah, yeah, we've yeah, seen. Or like all, all kind of weird junk like that. So so he's got to take this information and go to an outside source. And that, that's where you bring in other people. Like say someone else decided they were going to be a university professor who, who dealt in, in ancient history or, or tribal customs or whatever. Yeah. He would go to this guy to get the evidence and then he would do the research and find out, no, this was used uh, back in, back uh, in, in ancient times. You can say Egypt, you can say Rome, you can say some, some dark uh, cult that was found on this Island. And, uh, uh, used used to uh, to summon power from from a place greater than here. 
you know, some uh, vague stuff like that. And uh, during the investigation, the, the 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 cop is being tailed, and he notices it. He and he goes to confront his his assailant, and he grabs his assailant, and he he goes to to uh, to question him. His the assailant's eyes glow blue for a second, and then he disappears. No evidence of uh, that he was ever there. Well, now the cop he doesn't believe what he saw. He thinks he he may, no, this is an isolated thing. I've been up too I've been up too much. I haven't had enough sleep. I need more coffee. Whatever. Okay, but then things keep happening as the investigation goes on. This group uh, is trying to stifle it or stop it. So, so they be, they become more and more apparent as they try more and more ways to stop you from winning. And so, after a while, you're at phase four. You're like, okay, this is happening, or okay, I'm going crazy. Whichever one you choose, it doesn't matter because it's all still going to happen anyway. Right. So, so either way, you need to stop it. Yeah, yeah. Either way, you need to stop it. And you know, if you are crazy, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna think that this is real. And if you aren't crazy, well, then you're gonna know that this is real. So either way, you're gonna do the same thing. And then finally, you come to to phase five, which is the resolution. Uh, now, the resolution in in any in any uh, Cthulhu adventure uh, does is never great because, like, <laughs> like I said, you you can't fully win. The the best you can do is not lose badly. Or you might be able to stop, like, "Yay, we shut down that house of cultists," and that's all, that's all you're getting. Yes, no. In, in in the adventure that I that I was talking about, the 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 uh, cop and the and the and the researcher uh, killed three or four, one or two of them being major cult members in this in this cult, but uh, the the uh, doctor was was taken, and two weeks later he he was one of the ones come up on shore. So the, the detectives racked with guilt that he couldn't save him. And obviously the, the cult is still going on, but that was the last killing of that cult since, since, that, since that time. So there was some progress, but it was still a Pyrrhic victory. Right. Right. Now, uh, we'll go on to, uh, to the next one. Uh, in the, in, uh, insanity and that's right um in the game your sanity is measured in the beginning of the game it is a figured attribute you have a sanity between one and 99 you can't go above 99 and if you go to zero you can no longer play the character you're an npc now sorry you can't be 100 percent sane you can't be 100 percent sane and if you're if you're zero percent sane you can't play the game as a pc sorry. some people actually say that might actually be the joker's true psychological damage that he actually is the only truly sane person in the entire world Maybe, yeah, maybe he's he's the only guy who can play at zero or at 100. Right, because he, he just yeah. is super sane, and because that every little thing around him just seems nuts, so he's trying to stop. So he, that's his reaction to stop it. Right. Now, uh, everyone everyone is going to start with a different number between 1 and 99, depending on your the, the, the stats that you roll up. Uh, it's going to go down, okay? At some point in the most likely the first or second adventure, you're going to lose some sanity. That's just the way it is. Well, at least you okay. start seeing some super freaky stuff. You got to roll for sanity loss. Yes, and 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 sometimes it's not even a save. You you have a you have a roll to see if you fully grasp what you're seeing. Uh, for for example, let's say uh, you are confronted with a deep one. Uh, a, a deep one is a is a hybridized fish, uh, person. fish, uh, alien who mated with a person, and this is like the hybrid. And uh, let, let, let's say you. You, uh, you, 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 you don't notice fully... what last you... name the deep ones usually have. What's that? Marsh. <laughs> nice. Makes yeah, sense. Cause they yeah. are amphibious. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, let's say you, 
don't fully comprehend what you're seeing. You think this guy is horribly, horribly messed up. He has a probably, really bad skin condition. No, no, he's got a really bad skin condition. He's probably inbred. This is going to be chainsaw killer type thing. I got to I gotta boot this guy in the face and get out of here. Your sanity loss is going to be minimal. Because while really freaky deaky, it's not mind-bendingly crazy. Now, let's say you fully comprehend what's going on. You realize that you're looking at a man-fish hybrid. Your mind actually is actually connected to the horrible ancient ones. Well, no, you don't know that yet. That's another role. Oh, okay. But uh, this, this is a <laughs> walking man-fish hybrid, which cannot exist. Well, guess what? You're going to lose, you're gonna lose uh, quite a bit more sanity because you believe this. You fully believe that this is what you're seeing. You understand just how terrible it actually is. Exactly. Now, uh, let's say you survive your first adventure and, uh, and the, the, the keeper is kind enough to allow you to specialize. Now, what that means, let's say your first adventure was uh, you fought zombies. Okay. There was a small zombie outbreak and you stopped it. Thumbs high. Good on you. Now, if you want, you can, you can specialize in zombie hunting. Okay. Now, the reason you'd want to do this is because after a while of seeing a zombie, you're no longer going to lose sanity because now it's normal for you. So if you become a zombie hunter... You, you, you hunt enough zombies, you're no longer going to go slowly and inexorably insane. You're going you're gonna to level off. You're going to plateau as long as you're just fighting zombies. Right. Once you've seen enough zombies, they're all kind of the same. Right. They're all kind of like, oh, whatever. It's just another walker or a biter or whatever. Now, uh, if, say, you get a little too much sanity loss at a time, you go temporarily nutters, therapy can help you. Psychotherapy uh, can actually increase your sanity attribute up to its starting value. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it takes months of therapy, but uh, if if you make if you if you make a therapy check or, or a therapist makes their check when they're treating you, you get to you get to add a certain amount of sanity each month to your to your uh, attribute. So that's great. You you can come back, and uh, there there are ways to gain sanity. Every, every time you you gain ninety percent or higher in a in, in a skill. You've considered you've considered to be master of that skill, and you gain a D10 insanity because of, of all the confidence and, and self assurance that brings you. Oh, that's nice. And uh, winning, just winning, can gain you sanity. You know, like you defeated the the, the nascent zombie apocalypse, and yeah, you feel good that. about that. Yeah, yeah, you did it. You're, you're the man. This this stuff that is unknowable can still be controlled. That increases your sanity. I like that. Yeah. So, what, what do we think about the Call of Cthulhu? Uh, well, uh, it's it's not it's not family friendly, definitely not at all. Um, it well, it is... depends how old your family is, I suppose. Well, yeah, and, I suppose. but generally the term refers to like young children, Younger, and things yeah, like young that. children. So it's definitely not. The book says twelve and up. I wouldn't go below fifteen. But, I, uh, I don't know. Depending on the kid, I can see thirteen year old. Eh. Okay, if, if if you if you know your kid or or you or you know this kid really well and you think they can handle it, then great. But yeah, if I'm, I was at like con and some eleven year olds walking up, I nope, don't think so. Nope, nope. This is just nightmare for you, buddy. Nope, this is all bad. Right. So uh, yeah, for for a, a grown uh, audience, this can be amazingly fun because uh, not as bad as paranoia, but you do you do go through characters quite a bit. I mean, uh, it's really easy to get your head eaten by the giant monster. Or or to or to go uh, in, indefinitely insane, which is an insanity that lasts more than one to three months. Oh, that's always nice. 
Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna need a new character in the meantime, or 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 the game at, or the keeper is gonna have to time skip everybody. Well, insanity is the escape hatch when you can't take it anymore. Yeah, basically yes. And and the good thing if you're if you're committed and you're getting therapy, uh, during that time skip, you gain one d three sanity every month that you're actually oh, committed. Oh, that's nice. So yeah, that's that's pretty good. Yeah. That's still a lot of months. It is. <laughs> it is. It's it's a lot of time skip. Yeah, you you uh, in this thing a character can actually age out. I've never had a character live long enough to have that happen. No, no, no. Yeah, it's it's only the really really lucky ones that and and luck is uh, luck is a skill in this game. Luck so, is a skill in that. There game. you go. I I still remember my first Call of Duty character was a prototypical. It was a the game took place in the 1940s, late 1940s. Mm -hmm. My character was a stereotypical dumb jock, had a baseball bat in the trunk, Letterman sure. jacket, foot, mm -hmm. star football player. I made it about halfway through the adventure when I was like, don't worry, I'll rescue you, and I pulled up the baseball bat. Guess who uh, Guess who? Uh, didn't make it to next? <laughs> Got yeah. eaten. Yep. It was just like yeah. one It was like one weird kind of zombie. I don't remember what it was. It was the printed adventure in the book. I right, think. right, right, right. Yeah. And I, mean, uh, I just got murdered. You, th th that was survival for the jock, though, because with with zombies, you just beat them, and they'll they'll eventually go down. So you, were, uh, the the only thing better would be a shotgun to the face. Yeah, this thing was mega strong, though. It was way uh, okay. tougher than that. Okay, it was way th then then it's way tougher than it's supposed to be. It was some some kind of juiced up zombie. It was, if it was uh, a regular zombie one on one. You should have been able to handle yeah, it, being yeah. being the jock with a baseball bat. And all that I remember. I don't. I don't think it was a zombie. It was some sort of weird creature lived in the cellar of something. But I remember, yeah, some sort of chud, <laughs> and uh, I, I didn't grasp what it was, so I thought it was just like a crazy homeless guy. Sure. And uh, so that was nice for my sanity, but then he ate my face. And that ended your 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 challenge with sanity at that yeah, point. Yeah, I needed my face. Yep. And the brain behind it, apparently. Yeah, apparently so. I but just... apparently somebody needed it more. Uh, you know, the only character who survived that mission was actually the cheerleader. Of course. That's a, that's that's actual horror movie stuff yeah, right there. Yeah. I don't know yeah, if that was be, intentional, but that's just well, that character kept saying, "I hide, I run, I hide," and then at the end, it's like I throw the firebomb. Yay! It died. Yay! Okay, I go, go and cry in the corner. Yep, and and rock every day for the rest yeah, of your life. Congratulations. Uh, and everyone's like, "You were the most useless character in the entire group." Yeah, but she was also the most realistic one. She was. Well, we all I think did a good job role playing, but. Yeah, she was realistic in that it was a guy playing her, but yeah, she uh, was useless the whole time, but at the very end, threw the firebombs, killed it, and uh, we're all dead. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But that is uh, Call of Cthulhu in a nutshell. Uh, in our in my subsequent segments, I'll go over the uh, the specific uh, specific areas, like character creation, skills, magic, creatures, uh, and uh, game mechanics themselves, and since uh, since all this stuff is usable in uh, in current edition, seventh uh, edition, I'll be able to actually make a character, and, and you'll, you'll be able to see it on screen with all the numbers intact, and you'll be able to I'll be able to show you exactly what everything does and and what everything looks like and all that good stuff. So look forward to that. And you could answer the question of when Cthulhu calls, does he call collect? Oh no, he calls for your face. He calls to collect your soul. There you go. That's a good one. He calls to collect your soul. <laughs> it's terrible. It. Terrible. That good. Oh, it's bad. All right. Um, for improv, it's not bad. All right. Thank you very much, Heathen Dog. That was very interesting. I'm looking forward to this. Um, I haven't played Cthulhu in years and years and years. Usually, like I said, it's part of one. We ran it quite a bit for a while, but then it became like a yearly Halloween thing, you know? Right, right, yeah. 
light some candles, yeah. play some Call of Cthulhu, everyone dies, we all laugh, you know. Yeah, uh, Cthulhu's really good at one-shot, four-hour-long adventures. That, that, that's why cons are great with uh, with, with Cthulhu. I mean, uh, Chaosium go, uh, has, a, has booths at Gen Con every year. I, whenever I go, I play the Masters Tournament. Uh, but every every single Cassium game is a four hour one shot with four to six characters, and it's freaking great. I mean, you, you you can do the story, and whether you live or die doesn't matter because you're not playing this character again. So so they they, they can really get mean on you, and uh, really really amp up the horror and stuff. So I like it a lot. Very nice, very nice. Well, thank you, Heathen Dog. You're welcome. And as always, as we always say, you could catch Heathen Dog uh, streaming his Star Trek online stream Star Trek online streams twice a week. And also, you could check every day Garth and a Heathen Dog teaming up for Star Trek Online Foundry missions on YouTube. Yes, you can. That's right. Every day of the week, Monday through Friday. That's right. That's a lot of work. Tell you what. It is. Worth it, though. Very fun to watch. It is. I like it. All right. So, moving on, let's talk about something else. What the heck was that? Let's talk about... All right. Garthon's comic pull. Garthon talks about the comics... That he pulled, not all of them. Talk about three of them. If I talk about all of them some weeks, it'd be a lot of weeks. Sometimes I only get like two books, though. All right, really? first, we're going to talk about Secret Empire number four. Uh, written by Nick Spencer. Um, art is by Rod Reese and Leniel Francis Yu. So a different artist than previously. Okay. Uh, yeah. Rod Reese has been there. Apparently, he's the one doing like the light segments where Steve Rogers is like in the dream world or something. Or okay. in the Crystal Shard world, wherever that part's been. Um, Lionel Francis Yu is most famous for the Marvel Zombies series. Which I loved. Uh, great. A lot of people did. You didn't. <laughs> I thought it had a lot. All right. The first Marvel Zombie series I thought was kind of fun. It was fun. It was neat. Right. Yeah. After they kept going, no. It became very stupid. And all right. I, I'm, they still made money. That's why they kept making them. You know, I'm not going to say don't make those. Don't make money. Um, I just found it very eye rolling after the first okay. series. All right. Well, you got tired of it. I understand, but uh, people were still consuming it. So yeah, I mean, that's the thing. This is my opinion, and okay. it should be yours. Uh, <laughs> uh, this cover was done by Mark Brooks, so okay. that art is not indicative of what actually happens in the book. I found this book interesting because it actually addresses the Ultron Hank Pym uh, hybrid. Yeah, hybrid. Hybrid. That which was first introduced in Uncanny Avengers. Yeah, it was Uncanny Avengers, um, which was something I thought that mainstream Marvel would ignore, but no, I guess that's full canon now. Um, Hank Pym and Ultron ended up in deep space. They were fighting to the death, saving everyone. And both of them were about going to die in the vast vacuum of space. And I guess to survive, they kind of... Merged? Well, they had a, a coming together. They merged physically, but also mentally, they kind of like reconciled their differences in a way. Daddy and son? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Okay. Um, and when he came back to Earth, everyone's like, maybe it's Hank. It's kind of creepy that he's part Ultron. When he showed up, he looked a lot more human. But then during the fight, they ended up tearing off half his face and... You know. Ultron underneath. Yeah, because he started going kind of nutty on him and going Ultron, Ultron. He's like, ah, we knew it, you're Ultron, ah. Since then, uh, at that point, he went and retreated to like one of the islands off of Alaska. Okay. And started building Ultron cities, populated by Ultrons. 
that sounds bad. That sounds like a that sounds like bad thing to happen. It is bad. So basically, Ultron has an army of Ultrons that can do whatever they want. But when they describe as him building Ultron cities, I just keep thinking, why does he need Ultron cities and not warehouses? Is it actual sure. literal cities? Why? You don't are, are the Ultrons sending their Ultron kids to school and there's Ultron <laughs> plumbers out there? That's a good point. I, I, Ultron hey, ad agencies. We're going way off Secret Empire There's 4. Ultron ad agencies. Try new Ultron armor shine. You know, all right, all right, all right. How, how does that, how does that work into this? Anyway. Well, how it works into this is they talk, they mention the Ultron cities because they think that Steve Rogers of Hydra has, must have a deal with Ultron because they're not attacking each other. And Ultron has made no moves to attack or Hank Pym. Right. And it turns out that Ultron has a piece of the Cosmic Cube. Oh. So that's kind of like the, you don't mess with me, you don't mess, I don't destroy this thing type. They don't know what's going on. So, at the same time, Hydra says, okay, I'm sick of dealing with Hank Pym diplomatically. The guy's kind of nuts. He's Ultron, for gosh sakes. He's not Hank Pym. He's Ultron. We're going to go in there with the strike team and secretly go in there Smash and grab and go, right? Yeah, that could, because that's worked every other time in that's every right. other place. That's right. Stealth mission. Of course, at the exact same time, the resistance movement of hologram Tony Stark, um, Hercules, Hawkeye? you know, Hawkeye? no, not Hawkeye. Not Hawkeye. Okay. Not Hawkeye. The uh, Ant Man and a few others all go together like, all right. Stealth mission. So they all go in and with the same idea. Like they're trying to put the cut together Cosmic Cube as well. Sure. So like, okay, stealth mission, don't get in a fight, you know, smash and grab. So of course they end up running into each other during this. And what's funny is the Hydra team, who has like Taskmaster, Black Ant, and all those guys in it, are all like, all right, let's keep this on. Like, oh crap, they're trying to keep it quiet. Of course, Hercules runs into Thor, naturally. Because... Well, you kind of want to roll like, oh, of course, they're matched up. Well, then again, you think about it is they're going to – both these Iron Man and Steve Rogers are going to start thinking of things the same way. Like, okay, uh, Ant-Man, I want you going in into the computer database. You know, uh, Thor, I want you to take this. They're going to put people in the same positions. So it just makes sense okay. when you actually think about it. Oh, Cthulhu is here. Hello, Cthulhu. Uh, so – when the so when the other people encounter they start like kind of fighting but kind of trying to keep it quiet but then you know they're like oh my gosh I made contact I made contact like who is it oh be quiet be quiet you know both Captain America and Tony Stark with quiet keep it quiet we're trying not to turn and then of course when Hercules runs into Thor it's like oh stand back like you I have no quarrel with you we need this no we need this and then, of course, they both yell, like, have at thee! It's like, okay, so, and Boom. there's exploding. And yeah. It's just smashing through walls. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's game on. The Ultrons all know what's happening. And then, you know, the Ant-Men go to giant size and start duking it out. And, of course, sure. at, that, at that point, you know, all the Ultrons just, rah, just they, they don't spend a lot of time on the fight scene because it's just, you, there's two armies of Ultrons on six guys. You're, you're done. So when they wake up, they're at a dinner table. And it looks just like the Avengers Mansion. Okay. Of old. And on one side is the Hydra, Captain America's Hydra team. On the other side of the table is hologram Tony Stark's uh, resistance team. And at the head of the table is Hank Pym Ultron. Ultra Pym. 
Ultra Pin. And they're all, well, not Ultra Pin, but everyone else is in these weird hex grid handcuffs. So it looks all high-tech and futuristic. Okay. Cool. I want to say, Little You did a great job with the art in this issue. I just love him to death over the previous stars. I, like I said, I've not, he's most famous for Marvel Zombies. I wasn't the biggest fan of that art, but his art is a lot cleaner in this. Good. Um, it works incredibly well. I, maybe he was trying to be, like, his art style for the Marvel Zombies works beautifully for the zombies. Everything was dirty and gritty and falling apart. And in this, it's not like that. Everything's drawn incredibly well. So I'm really pleased with the art. Okay. Uh, I, I guess they heard my commentary and booted the other guy. Oh, yeah, that's what did it. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I got the hotline with Joe Cassad. I'm like, Joe, come on, baby. The, But when they're at this, you know, Hank Pym says, you know, it's, it's nice to have the family back together like this, you know. Oh, he's nutters. Yeah, he's kind of, it's like, we're always apart. We're always fighting. And it's finally, it's like, just like Thanksgiving, get back together. And, of course, it turns into, you know, this big thing. Everyone, of course, wants to fight, but they can't. Uh, the penciler was Little Francis Yu. Uh, Cthulhu Law. But okay, the, so everyone wants to fight, but they can't. Well, everyone wants so, to fight, they can't. So they start, start kind of sniping at each other. Sure. And, you know, they start... And... Cap keeps calling him Ultron. Tony Stark keeps calling him Hank. Right? Okay. And But they keep kind of arguing back and forth. And then they start arguing with him, with Ultron... And Ultra Pim. With Ultra Pim. <laughs> What's funny is that like one of the like a couple are like maybe we shouldn't be arguing like this with Ultron, and Ant Man's pretty much like I don't know this is like every family dinner I've ever been to. So I thought that was kind of funny. Ant Man was actually really funny. In this it's the uh, irredeemable Ant Man, the uh, you know the Paul Rudd character for the films. Okay. But the eventually through talking, uh, Hank just kind of flips out. And it's like, you know what? You know, I'm tired of this. I never get any freaking respect. I'm one of the geniuses of this team. I'm a founding freaking member of the Avengers. I discovered Pym Particles. I took AI to the next level. I did all these great things. And I lose my temper for one minute with Janet. It's never, never let go. Everyone makes a mistake. And you people always freaking held that against me and act like you were my superiors. No matter how many times you guys take the entire freaking country to war, like you and your Tony and your stupid registration act, how well that worked. And you and your stupid Hydra, will Hydra's make you a difference? Like hell it is. You know, it was just this beautiful thing and all this arguments coming out. And at that point, Iron starts laughing. He's like, no one ever respected you? That's the most Hank Pym thing I've ever heard you, anyone ever say. Well, see, that, that's the epitome of disrespecting someone, n- naming naming a, a derogatory thing after them. Right. And he's like, that's what Hank Pym... So, like, I had doubts that you were Ultron, and and you know what? You No, you have to be. You have to be Hank Pym, because only he would say that. And he's like, of course I'm Hank Pym. Every day, Ultron wants to kill every single man, woman, and child on this planet. I hold it back. Me. Cthulhu says he got a secret invasion. Um, he did some secret invasion. Uh, he's most famous for Marvel Zombies, Cthulhu Law. But anyway, he's about to like just to kill them all. It seems. Then Ant Man says, "You know, well, you know, actually, I respect you a lot. I, I look up to you. You're you're my hero. And it's not just the whole you gave me a super suit and let me run around type thing. Right. And that's part of it. He's the Ant Man says, "I always respect you because you made a mistake. A couple, like you created Ultron." But and your wife beater. Well, he didn't mention that again. He only hit her <laughs> once ever. I mean, you yep. shouldn't ever hit your spouse. 
but he only right. lost his temper once. That seems like the worst person. Tony Stark gets drunk and kills people, and no one's like, ah, that wacky billionaire. Anyway, um, she says, I've always respected you. I looked up to you. You're my hero. You made a mistake, but you know what? You didn't run and hide. You put the super suit back on. You got out there, and you tried to make a difference. You always tried to make things better. Didn't always work out, but that's life. But you always keep mm -hmm. trying. You are a hero. I mean, there comes a point where you have to look for a new role model, and, you know, after I had kind of, like, got to the, this is Amos saying, after I got to the, you know, I know I can move forward after making a mistake, you know, I try to look up to other people now. Cthulhu doesn't normally hit my wife, and I do only do it once. Uh, <sighs> anyway. Um, so, basically just gives this great speech. Just, I was really well done by Nick Spencer about doing better than you are, essentially. And how uh, that's what a hero always does. Right. And if that happens, you know, you just see uh, Ultra Pym just kind of smile. He, like, techno puts everything back together that he had smashed and says, all right, that's good. And he's like, all right, Tony, he releases Tony's side of the team. So, all right, guys, uh, here's here's dessert. Brings in the crystal shard on a plate. Off you go. And says, don't okay. worry. I'll make sure the I'll make sure that the other team doesn't get a leave for you know at least a few hours. So you got to head start and get home. So thanks, like, Hank. And they're like, uh, thanks. See ya. And uh, and the toy's like, you're making a mistake. He's like, no, I'm not. I just want to see who actually wanted to do the right thing here. And it doesn't seem to be you. It's like, dang, you're getting talked down to by Ultron. Yeah, it's you, bad. You're not even making Ultron standards. How, exactly. How low has your stock gotten? Right. You that gotta Ultron think... seems to be the sane one around here. Right. You gotta think about it. So, um, Team Team Stark goes home, and they're all happy. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, us. Woo. We're making a difference. And then they see on the news that Namor is meeting with Steve Rogers and giving him the shard of the Cosmic Cube that, that the Atlanteans had. Ah, suck. And so they're like, yeah, wait, 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 weren't they kind of sore about the temple and all the priests? They yes. And Namor brings that up because oh. you see Namor talking to like one of his uh, lieutenants. He's like, I don't know if this is what we should be doing, sir. He's like, I don't think so either, but I'm king and you're not. And you know what? In order to save the lives of every single Atlantean, I need to do this. This is not where I want to be. But I have to. That's the kind of sacrifices you make as a king. And when he actually presents the shard, you know, he says, he kind of mentions, you know, like, you know, this will make a big difference. He's like, he's like, really, it uh, seems like quite a sacrifice to me since we've had such difficulties between us recently. And Steve's like, no, it's like, he like mentions the wrecked temples and Steve Rogers, like, no one regrets the loss of those temples more than I do. And they were kind of quips. Uh... I have some dead priests who might disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, in the end, it, it the, the team went from, yay, we win, to, oh, crap, it's at best to tie. The tie, yeah. Yeah, it's a wash. Sucks. And Tony's like, well, Cap is a brilliant tactician. He's always going to be thinking on more than one level about this. Which is true. That's what he does. Yep. That apparently wear green and be evil. Um, so I really like this book. It also does have that weird dream, a few pages of that weird dream state area they've been showing. Um it showed Steve Rogers, who doesn't know he's Steve Rogers and doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing, but he's in this weird dream place, which I guess is inside the crystal or something. And Maybe. you see he's up in a fight with some dark 
figure. And he ends up getting rescued by Sam Wilson and, oh my gosh, just Rick Jones. Okay. They're like, oh yeah, we, we don't know how we ended up here either, but we need to stick together. Yeah, we need to help each other out. And so they all team up together to go do something. They, Steve knows he has to do something. He can't remember what. They're like, don't worry, we'll figure it out together. We'll stick together. So... I guess so wait, wait, the, the real personality of Sam Jones and, and I'm sorry, Sam, what's his Wilson. name? And uh, Sam Wilson and Rick Jones appear. Right. With full memories of what happened in the real world. No. Oh. It's just like their oh. essence. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So right. I don't know exactly what's going on because Rick Jones is dead, but Sam Wilson isn't. Mm. But Sam Wilson's in there too. Maybe they're just memory echoes. Maybe. I don't know. They're not really. They're trying to keep that mysterious. And they're doing a pretty good job. I'm guessing it's just like the re, his real personality trapped inside the crystal of the cosmic cube. And when they're yeah. finally united, he'll uh, dark crystal together and form a perfect being again. You know, he'll skexy to whatever the other guys were. You know, and they'll join yes. up. Yes, I understand. They're actually making a Netflix series on that. Really? Yep, dark crystal Netflix series is happening. Wow. Okay. Good. Good to know. So, what, what do you rate this book? Uh, I'm going to give this one. This is the best of the Secret Empire books. It was fun okay. to read. It was interesting. The art was good. You could follow it. I liked the character arcs in it. And so, I would give it a four out of five. It's not quite a four and a half or five out of five, but it's definitely a four out of five book. Really liked it. I just wish Secret Empire wasn't happening. Okay. No, four yeah, to five. Yeah, we went a while on this book. Dang. We did, but there's a lot to talk about. Okay. It's a big book. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to uh, mute and uh, and put out my uh, my camera for a second because I have to get more to drink, and uh, I'll be back in just a moment. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about going. New Superman number twelve. Uh, that is written by Jean Luen Yang. Artist is Billy Tan. The cover by Philip Tan. I like to pretend they're related. They're probably not. But uh, previously, we saw that the Wonder Woman of China was actually revealed to be someone named Green Snake. And they're fighting a giant turtle who was given the Doomsday virus. So he's a Doomsday giant tortoise, kind of like a big kaiju monster, um, who also is referred to as a warrior monk named Foxy. Foxy? Something like that. And during the fight, of during the last issue, all of a sudden this suit guy coming in, calling himself Superman Zero, showed up and punched giant turtle out. Into and threw him into the city. Now, of course, everyone's saying, who's this guy? Who is this new Superman Zero? So that creates some tension, of course. The main thrust of the book is, well, during the fight, the Superman Zero ends up throwing the giant turtle into the city. I was like, oh, hell, you can't do that. you got to take the fight outside the city. What are you doing? He's like, ah, oh, my mission is just to stop this thing. It's like, well, you can't stop it in the middle of a city. People will die. And so they start going to try and get the thing out of there, and the giant tortoise swipes uh, Chinese Wonder Woman and cuts her in half. And what happens is her legs turn into, like, she grows like a giant snake tail, which is probably why the giant turtle's always calling her a green snake. And I mentioned before that is probably a reference, I said last time, to old Chinese legends about a green snake who fell in love with a human and took human form. But we'll get to that later. So they end up dragging the tortoise out to sea as Superman Zero is about to use some sort of super detonation power he can do 
to release all of his stored up energy and detonates like a nuclear bomb. He doesn't blow so himself harsh. up. But he just wants to talk. So they end up dragging the thing out to sea just in time for Superman Zero to go kaboom on the thing. Well, great. That kills old Turtle Boy, but almost kills uh, Wonder Woman as well. Chinese Wonder Woman. Green Snake. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so they end up dragging a Green Snake. As they're dying, well, as kaiju turtle is dying he actually says to starts talking to green snake and saying this is see see what's going on see other mistakes we've made this is why we can't be among their kind we made a great mistake let's rectify it just give up your life now just die like i'm going to and we can finally make things right again this is the cause of all of our problems because we wanted beyond our means it's very sad and then what's her response to not well she doesn't say anything she's just trying not to die okay um but they end up taking her back to the back to their home base where they hook her up to a bunch of electrodes and try and stabilize her heartbeat and stuff. And the doctors tell Con Keenan that, you know, the whole time Green Snake, Wonder Woman, has been in intensive care, the Chinese Batman Boxy hasn't even looked at her once. Even though he had kind of a thing for her. Well, when you find out that when you have a thing for her, it's a giant snake, uh, you know. Yeah, you kind of back off. Yeah. Take a moment to reflect. But, you know, so Congress or Thomas is like, you okay, you know, with, with her? What's going on? We did it. You know, thumbs up for us. You know, fist bump, right? He's like, what do you, what, what? It's like, just trying to lighten the mood, man. He's like, do you understand what's going on here? Sort of. And so then actually, the Chinese Batman actually goes over the whole legend of the green snake. How there was a white snake who fell in love with the young human. Um... But it starts going to the Buddhist thing about how there's different categories of life, like there's the gods, the humans, um, the dead, things like that. Mm-hmm. Chinese versus DC is new to me, says Kula. Can you briefly catch up ignorant listeners like me? Briefly? Oh, God. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the brief answer. No. All right. Well, Kula, briefly, the uh, they came out with a book called New Superman which is about a new Superman created by the Chinese government. Um, so the, they've also created a Chinese Batman and a Chinese Wonder Woman. Um, well, created so much as commissioned? Yeah, mainly commissioned. Yeah. I, well, they created Superman Zero. He was built sure. up, but that's why he was a lab experiment. Yeah. Um, so in essence, they were trying to compete with the American... After, after having American-based superheroes come to their territory way too many times... And the, was it the Great Ten not stepping up enough? Another faction of the Chinese government said, okay, we'll create our own Justice League. They got a Superman, we'll have a Superman. They got a Wonder Woman, we'll have a Wonder Woman. Um, uh, like Boxy, the Chinese Batman, does not look at all like the regular Batman. He kind of is a little chubby, but he is a insanely good detective. He's a techno genius. Uh, these are not the Great Ten, Kalula, and they are not. They have no ties to pre-existing characters. This is a totally new thing, but it's actually definitely part of the larger DC universe because they've crossed over with Lex Luthor, with Superman, with a bunch of other people. So it's actually yeah, and, a really neat yeah, series. Yeah, that, that, yeah then that, that was a really good book because uh, New Superman, the Chinese one, really fanboyed out over over meeting the real Superman. Right. Yeah, and and uh, it, it really shows that the, this Chinese Superman is a good guy. All right, he's he's not he's not a plant. He's not he's not a figurehead. He's not a 
you know, right. he's he still learning to be, to be a good him. guy in a lot of yeah. ways, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but, that, but that's also, cool. it's a very interesting book because it does a, a very good job with Chinese culture itself. I mean, the writer and artist are Chinese, and so they actually do a really good job bringing in Chinese mythos, Chinese legend, and so all these things going on. There's a lot of um, Buddhist philosophy, a lot of yin and yang. So it's all this really interesting stuff, especially if you're a fan of all of like Chinese uh, wuxia movies or wushu, what do they call it? Uh, Chinese mar- flying martial arts films. It's a great read if you're a fan of that and superheroes because it combines them so well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the real Superman with the kid? Yeah, that's the only real Superman. The one with the, the, that's the only real Superman, Cthulhu Law. The real Superman is the only one with the kid. There is no other Superman. Yeah, it's spelled Wuxia, but that's not how it's spelled Cthulhu Law. It's pronounced like Wuxia. Wuxia? Something like that. Which actually is correct to Wushu, which is not. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it is a really good, actually a very good series. All right, so, so if you have DCL access, you check it out. But anyway. So, when... Uh, anyway, there, she's in the ICU. And, she's in the and ICU. He, he's talking to Batman. Boxy starts and, to, actually gives what? the whole legend of how there was a white snake who fell in love with a human. And her best friend was a green snake. And so, because the YC couldn't do it on her own, they both trained their key together in order to maybe surpass their animal nature to transform into the realm of humans, to become conscious, to be aware. Sounds good. Um, the whole time they were doing this, there was a great tortoise who insulted them the whole time and said they couldn't do it and they were fools. And it turns out that tortoise was actually in love with the white snake and didn't want her, her to leave him for this human. Sure. Even though he had no chance. You know, he was just you know, kind of pathetic. Yeah, he's, he sounds like a D-bag. He was. But after 10 years of, cha- of building and channeling their key, they actually transformed into humans. They managed to make that jump. Sure. But during that time, the green snake had also fell in love with a human. Same human? Same human. Ouch. Yeah. Well, after all the time, like, constantly, I guess, together talking about him and looking at him, and she fell in love with him as well because he was such a good person. Okay. He Fair. wasn't a rich prince or anything. He was just a farmer, but they both fell in love with him. Um, seeing this, the turtle had also, during the whole time that he was still, he found, he found out they were actually working. He started harnessing his own key so he'd become a human. So maybe he could be with her as well, be with her. Maybe she would leave the human, the turtle, tortoise. Sure. Um, but as the, so after they become human, they, the boy actually falls in love with white snake. Ouch. And they're about to get for, married. Well, for, for Green Snake. Yeah, for Green Snake. She, but she, you know, didn't interfere. She loved her friend. She loved his boy, but she knew that that was the destiny. The boy fell in sure. love with White Snake. There was no like rife, like no, he must be mine. No, they, she, you know, that's how it back. goes. Yeah. But at the wedding ceremony, a warrior monk showed up and attempted to poison and kill White Snake. This was, of Why? course, the tortoise, because oh, okay. he was madly in love and didn't want and kept. Rants about how they, this shouldn't be allowed. Green Snake fought off, as a human, fought off the, the tortoise, but was poisoned. The poison encased her in stone. Sure. And that was her story. Because that's where the Chinese government found her. They found her encased in stone. Well, she seems like a stand-up gal so far. She I is. Mean... She's, she's a good person. But you know, And so he's like, doesn't that bother you that we're dealing with fairy tales and... and, and I was like, yeah, that was kind of cool, actually. You know? You know, so they're kind of torn about that. 
Um, but New Superman gets sent back out to find Superman Zero. Saying, all right, that guy's, you know, you got to go back, you got to find him, got to bring him in. Because he's like a weapon. When you're done with your weapon, you put it back in your holster. We got to get Superman Zero, put him back in the holster. So go find him. He's like, cool, makes, I'll go do that. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. He runs out there, and he actually finds him. He's incredibly weakened from depleting all of his energy. Sure, yeah. And he's actually a little jealous of Superman Zero because he's mega strong. He's mega fast. He can fly. He's invulnerable. He's everything Kong wants to be able to do all at once, and he can't yet. He's like, I've knocked myself out training forever, and this guy just does it. Why do they need me when they have him, right? Because he's unstable. He's He's an unstable artificial being. But he finds him, and he's going to bring him in. And the Superman Zero says, "You have two names, Superman. I'm very jealous of that. Like what? What do you? What? What do you? Huh? You're Kong Keenan, and you're Superman. I'm just Superman. I have no name. And I don't want to go back. You can call me. You just say they'll just me. <laughs> put me back in the cell. I don't want to go back to the cell." And with his super hearing, Khan can actually hear his heartbeat and hear that he's afraid. He's like, oh, hell. And he just can't bring himself to put him back in the back in the cell. He can't do it. The guy's not evil. No. He just, he can't, he actually has a good heart, can't take it. So he's like, just, just run. I'm like, what? Just run? I'll tell him I couldn't find you, okay? Just, just run. No one, no one deserves you to put in a cell. Just go. And that's what he does. The bad part about this is, because no good deed goes unpunished, is that you there's actually a side panel with I Ching, Konkina's mentor, who also might be evil. Might be the big bad, yeah. Um, you see him meditating over like this big yin-yang symbol. And the shape starts changing. He's like, you ever thought of what you're doing? Why are you doing this? You know, you... He's like... So, and then it starts like... And then you see, he says, no, you will stop this. You cannot do this. Like, What? What do you mean you will stop? Don't you mean yourself? And like it forms its own image. And then you see I Ching show up to Superman Zero saying, hey, why are you running away? You don't need to do that. You know, you, you don't got to take this from these guys. You're, you're a new Superman Zero. He's like, you, and you don't want a human name. A hu- humans are weak. You're a god. You don't need to be human. You don't need a human name. You are Superman. You don't need to be anyone else. He's like, yeah, but I, I, my powers are weak. I, you know, you need sun. The sun is very yang. I got a lot of that for you. And gives him uh, like a, this helmet, which looks like a warrior emperor's helmet. Just put this on, charge you up all you need, and then you can go and take your rightful place over this town. Jeez, he sounds like a pusher. He does. So the guy, you know, Super Zero, you know, babe to the babe in the woods, gets the helmet, puts it on. It fills him with super solar power because it's very yang. And that's uh, it. Just a lot of boost yin yang stuff. And next time, so when Konkin reports, he says, oh, I couldn't find him. It's like, oh, really? He just showed up on our trouble alert. What do you mean? He's uh, attempting to take over the city. And I see him knocking down a building, saying he's dressed like this full, like you see in the cover image, like full ar- super armor with a big helmet, saying, you know, you know, people of Shanghai bow down to your new god, Superman. And that's where it ends. Sweet. Yeah, so lots of stuff going on in this book. Uh... Billy Tan knocks it out with the art again. Uh, it looks like they got a new inker. 
because the art still has the same qualities, but actually it looks a lot sharper now. I wish I could have the book in front of you right now because the inking is different and it's a lot sharper. I love it. Um, This book is very nuanced. I love everything going on with it. The action's always great. It's very clear to look at. I love the Chinese mythos it's bringing in. It's a very interesting take on a uh, rising superhero story, finding his powers, finding his footing, becoming a good person. And they've been doing this for 12 issues now, and it's not getting old. So Gene Lung Yang is just doing a bang-up job. Very... Well, every episode, it seems like he's making progress. Yeah, he's doing a little bit better every time. He's yeah. still making mistakes, but it's usually They're done not for the same mistakes over and over again. He's right. making new new mistakes because he's on a different level, so he's making different level mistakes. Yes, so he's not an idiot. He's doing the same things over and over again. He's becoming better, and they're just doing a great job with the series. I love how it crosses over with the main books sometimes. This is just... It's really, really a great book. It's better than Justice League, I'll tell you that. Um, so, um, I really liked this issue. I liked the full explanation of going everything's going on. Some great mystery. It's almost a four and a half, but I'm going to give it a four out of five for his new Superman issue 12. Highly recommended. Um, there's a trade coming out for this pretty soon. I highly recommend buying it. What, how much are trades now? Usually 15 to 20 bucks. Okay. It's not too bad. Yeah. It's usually like 17.99 depending, but yeah, I would definitely pick this one up. It's really good. And last... Oh, our secret one? The secret one. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number eight. Oh, that's not secret. You've done that a lot. Well, I haven't done it in a while, actually. It's been a All few right, issues. Fine. But I, did, I was really keeping for the end. Um, this one's written by uh, Gary Conway. Maybe Jerry Conway. It's hard to tell it with a G. Uh, artist is Ryan Stegman, and who also did the cover. Uh, great art, actually. So, for those who don't know, the Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows is a side story. It's not part of main Marvel continuity. Which is sad because it's an excellent book. It is an excellent book. Yeah. Um, it actually ignores the whole ridiculous one more day scenario. So Aunt May's still dead, which is fine. Uh, but Peter and Mary Jane stayed married and had a daughter. Thulazit says it's a surprise to him. Yes. But it's a great series. Um... So in this, Spider and Mary Jane are married. They're happy. Uh, they're not rich. They're not psycho billionaires. Uh, they're getting along. Good old Parker Luck. Uh, they have a daughter named Annie who's great. And she has inherited Spider-Man's powers. Uh, also, using technology from a supervillain who's now dead called Regent, Mary Jane has a spider suit that actually leeches Peter's powers. So if she needs to, like, draw more and more super strength, it'll actually take it from Peter. Uh, usually it's not a big deal. Uh, but if she overloads, it can become a big deal. Right. So, but it's a pretty neat series. It's, I've had a lot of fun with it because Peter Parker's being Peter Parker. Mary Jane is being Mary Jane. It's a fun series to read. As you can tell, it looks like she's uh, kind of venomized with the symbiote thing on her. I was hoping that was just, like, a wacky cover. But it's not. Uh, nope. Okay. Um, I, when Venom was first introduced in Amazing Spider-Man, I was a big fan. It was a really neat thing. But when the story arc was over, I was kind of done with Venom. It was kind of neat when he showed back up. But then when he became the green, foamy, drool, giant, tongue, idiot Venom, I couldn't take it anymore. I don't like Carnage. I think it's 
really? Hey, I'm a psycho killer country boy with my own Spider-Man knockoff suit. And there's all these other symbiote knockoffs. Anyway, it's just too much for me. I did like when Venom was with Flash as Agent Venom. I thought that was a neat take on the character. But I'm Venomed out. Have been for a while. Okay. So so th- this is not, it's not a good deal for you. Well, that's what I thought. In the last issue, what's been happening in this series, uh, the Green Goblin, uh, uh, Norman Osborn, is dead. Uh, I think Harry Osborn's dead, too. But Harry's son, I forget his name, is just a bully, uh, like a 10-year-old boy. Uh, Cthulhu, Flash Thompson is no longer Venom. Eddie Brock is now Venom again. Just so you have an update. Uh, with issue 150 of Venom, it's back to Eddie Brock being an anti-hero or vigilante or something. I don't read it because Eddie Brock is Venom is no interest to me. So, anyway. Um, young Osborn, who's about 10, head of Oscorp and a genius, of course, is now has seen footage of uh, Spider-Girl. Peter Parker's daughter, who's her same age, his same age, and he's become fascinated with her. He wants to know who she is, where she lives. You don't know it's if it's like a young boy who maybe found like someone he thinks he could love, or it's some weird Osborne obsession with Spider-Man or what. But he's been every issue in trying to find out who she is, as well as doing like evil supervillain stuff, like excavating uh, the remnants of evil technologies and things like that. Okay. Um, his mother is actually very worried about him, but she has other things to concern herself with. One of the projects that they had got a hold of was a piece of the symbiote. They're not. Sh- they don't know it's a piece of the symbiote. They just think it's some sort of reactive material that's alien. Okay. They don't know that it is a symbiote. But at least it doesn't seem they know, but it seems like Norman's mother knows a little more than she's letting on. So that was kind of the setup. But in this issue, it starts off with uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, and Mary Jane Spinneret fighting Mysterio in the subway. And Mary Jane's freaking out because their daughter in her super suit is pinned under a subway car. It's like, you got to help me get her out. And he's, and he's like, no, we need to take down Mysterio. Like, wait, damn it, we got to get her out. And eventually, um, while Spider-Man's trying to fight Mysterio hand-to-hand, Mary Jane's trying to lift up the subway car off their daughter. And she just goes full force to lift it up. And he's like, you're draining all my strength. You're draining my strength. I can't fight. And he eventually he's like, ah, and like falls over. And then she throws the subway car at Mysterio, taking him out. Um, and getting it off her daughter, which then turns into mist because it wasn't real. It was just one of Mysterio's illusions. And she's like, oh, God, I thought that I was so scared. I forgot she wasn't even with us. He's like, that's Mysterio. It's what he does. I've He's fooled me a hundred times like that. Don't feel don't feel bad about it. I usually just keep punching him until, until I need to stop. That, that's usually my solution. <laughs> but I've never thrown a subway car at him. That was good. <laughs> that was different. <laughs> that was different. I wish I had done that. So after that um, is resolved, you like the next day you see Mary Jane talk with her friends in the clothing store. She's op- the fashion store. She opens up, and 
she's talking they know what's going on with her secret identity and stuff her best friends and she's going on about how she's bringing peter down like not only just literally draining his strength with this fighting and stuff but she feels like she's always going to bring in emotionality to everything like yeah. too much like, emotion more more punching right like she's also the one like she like she kind of says like imagine our relationship like uh, like a car when everything's when we have a full tank everything's great we hum along everything's beautiful but when the tank gets low it's rough going and i always feel like i'm the one draining the tank and peter's the one having to fill it up again and I, she just kind of gets a little depressed about that just she's like i wish there was something you know, i could do they're like, oh, don't worry about it. You're right. great. You know, Peter's computer would tell us anything. I was like, yeah, that's a problem. He would tell me the same thing. I, I think there's more I need to be doing. And then she sees this news report about from Oscorp, where Norman Osborn's mom is there talking about all these great things they're doing with human enhancement and, and everything. She's like, hmm, human enhancement, huh? So she ends up swinging over there one night and talking. says, talk with her. It's like. Uh, I heard you have this pride of human answer. What's what is that? She's like, I'm really in the business of talking with vigilantes who show up at my window. But the thing is, Osborne's mom wants her son to have nothing to do with the spider man with the spider people, with the spider daughter. Wants none of it. Knows it's bad news. It killed her husband. It killed her husband's father. She wants none of it around her son. She wants her son's unhealthy obsession to end. And all of a sudden, here's a spider mom showing up in your window. She's like, oh, well, you're an enhancement. Huh? Well, I got something you might find very interesting. And pulls out the symbiote. And Mary Jane's like, what's that? Oh, it's a new adaptive suit. You put it on, and it actually helps enhance your natural abilities. And actually, and so Mary's like, all right, because she's never seen Venom in this form. Because mm-hmm. this is the same Mary Jane who back in Amazing Spider-Man 300 was almost, you know, was assaulted by Venom and terrified she thought it was Peter coming after her. You know, she's the one, that same Mary Jane, who had, had that be- great scene in a... She actually spied issue 299 when she's like, going, it's like, Peter, is that you? And then she sees the mask. It's like, oh, I was so scared. And then you see, like, this smile break out. This is the first time you ever saw that. Just this big, toothy grin break out, and she freaks. Um, that was beautiful. It made inspired in 299. Actual first appearance of Venom. Anyway... So that's the same one, but she's never seen the symbiote in this form. She knows who Venom is, but she's never seen this. She's like, oh, adaptive suit, cool, reactive technology, wonderful. So she puts it on or touches it. It's like, wow, this is really form-fitting. And it responds to your thoughts. So she starts imagining like a Spider-Man suit, and it goes into like the the black Spider-Man pattern, you know, like. Right. Not like you show the cover, it's all like, er, dirty, gritty, but smooth, clean lines, but it's definitely a black Spider-Man suit. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, great. And she goes off, woohoo, spider powers, yay. And I'm not training Peter to do it, yay, so great. And she's like, oh, oh I'll bring it back. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. Keep as long as you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mama Osborne knows a little more than she's saying. Yeah. Right, she knows what's going on. She's like, oh, yeah, go ahead, keep it, just keep it. And so she goes off and fights some crime and goes home. But that night she starts having nightmares about Venom taking over and capturing her family and, like, killing her daughter not like ah, but like to see her like absorbed into like venom or something and then attacks her's like no no and venom's like you belong to me now did you think you could save them then she when mary jane wakes up she's actually like under a bridge like holding on it's like what ah but that's what she, happened to peter that's that's a textbook yeah. yeah but then she ends up getting out of that and having 
And the next morning, you see, like, Peter waking up from bed, and he goes out, and it's like, what's going on? Like, Mary, the breakfast is all made, and their daughter's ready for school and eating, and Mary Jane is like, oh, my gosh, this food is awesome. Have you ever tasted a waffle? Like, real, or, sorry, pancake. You, like, really tasted a pancake? I mean, pancakes are good. I've never, like, really tasted one. Oh, today's a great day. I'm feeling great, Tiger. He's like, okay, no one should feel this great at 7 in the morning. It's like, oh, no, the tank's full now. This is going to be great. Nowhere but up now. Mm. And that's where it ends. Okay. Yeah. That's not good at all. No, it's that's not good at all. Because while you see her, like, like, like kind of, like, manically smiling, it's not too mm-hmm. manic, so it yeah. like, would creep you out. But, like, so it's, like, zooming in on her eyes, and she has those little venom, venom symbols in her pupils, like little yeah. smiley faces. Yeah, well, and they went a little too on the nose, I think, with the whole drug analogy. They did, but yeah, I found I I found that kind of entertaining, but I thought it was a little too much. I don't remember Venom doing that to Peter. No, um, no, it was it was all broody and angsty. No, that actually came later. First, he was like, "Wow, this suit is great. I don't have to change clothes. La la la. Have lots of energy." But it well, wasn't yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he lasted he lasted a while before he had his first nightmare. Yeah, before he started having nightmares, and then he started like yeah. snapping at people, and you know. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but Mary Jane hasn't been in the superhero business that long. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I thought it was an interesting startup to it. Um, it was very well put together. I left it as the last one, kind of the mystery one, because I'm not a big fan of Venom, but I thought they did a great execution in this. Because if... I think right now Mary Jane still doesn't realize she has Venom right now, because she doesn't know the full story. She doesn't know what it did. She doesn't know any of that. As far as she knows, it was Venom was an evil symbiote who covered up her, you know, her, you know, Peter Parker, and then he got rid of it and covered up this other guy. That's all she knows. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know what it does to you on the inside. She doesn't know like how it looks in the ball. She doesn't know that it responds to your thoughts and can, you know she doesn't know any of this. And yeah, so she, really, she, so she doesn't know it, it, it can make you feel like you're on meth. Right. So it's believable. Yeah that she would have no idea what this actually is. Even though you would think that what it makes the Venom suit would be a clue like, oh, wait. Hmm. This, this looks just like Peter did when he had the Venom suit on. Right. And also, at this point, Peter Par- Peter has not seen her in that suit. Right. The moment he does, oh, that stuff hits the fan. Right. That's what I'm assuming is going to happen. Like, if, like I said, Gary Conway's done a great job writing this book so far. I would only hope... That, yeah, then... if he fails, like, if Peter says, wow, that's a neat new suit you got... Nope, you know, you're done. Rip, rip that book, burn right. it. It's it's over at nope. that point. It's probably gonna be something like, "What the hell's that?" I don't know. I got the suit response to my thoughts, and this is no bad. And then that's gonna be like, "No, I can't stop it, Peter. It's making me fight you." That's what's gonna happen. But yeah. or you were always jealous of me, something like that. Um, but yeah, I like this. Has been a very fun series. Um, really neat things going on. I prefer it. <laughs> I, I've said before. Many times, I prefer this far to the Amazing Spider-Man series currently going on. Um, it is, of all the Spider series going on, it's either the best or second best. Uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man is probably the best. This is probably the second best. Okay. Um, Amazing Spider-Man is way down there. Web of so Spider-Man is better. Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man is better. But really liked it. Um, I'm, I'm gonna do another, it's going to sound like a broken record this week, but another four out of five. Highly recommended. Really enjoyed it. If you're a Venom fan, you're going to be like, oh, hell yeah, Venom. If Even if you're not a Venom fan, if you like the old school Venom like I do, you're still great. Uh, love where it's going. I love 
like the tangled web of deceit with the Osborns and, you know, even the people he thought might be kind of good. And she just really wants Spider-Man and the Spider family to stay the hell away from her son. Not that they want to be near her son, but she knows her son is going to keep pursuing them until he finds them. And he has resources and genius to do it. Mm. And no one stays hidden forever. He's going to sure. find it eventually. So, yeah, big fan. Lots of good books this week. So, great book. Great book for a comic. Sorry, great week for comic books this week. Really happy. And that's it for Garth House Comic Poll. Great. Yeah. Talk about comic books. Now we're going to talk about the RNG. Any random things going on? Oh, Cthulhu well, Lost uh, has so many to kill Mysterio once and for all. I kind of like Mysterio. Really? He has a, a fishbowl on his head. Yes, I know. That's ridiculous. Well, you know what the original idea of that was, right? What? The original idea, well, in like the 1960s, like Mysterio was a master illusionist. Like, yeah, like his pendants have like eyes on them right here. Sure. Mm-hmm. When Peter Parker went to fight him, he's like, oh, he like went and, and then he like the mist that was in the dome dissipated and it looked like he had no head and that freaked him out. Like, oh my God, he doesn't have a head. That was supposed to be the big thing. That's why he had the big dome. So it looked like mm-hmm. he didn't have a head. But usually it's full of mist. So you can think he does. But then the mist empties and it has no head because it's an illusion. Thanks, Dan. Sure. <laughs> Still lame. Lame. Uh, I kind of like Mysterio. I don't know. He, I just kind of like him. He has a big right. cape. That's fine. That's fine. When your powers are, you know, the magic of illusion and a cape, you, and you're willing to fight Spider-Man, I, you got some big cojones there. Yeah, okay, yeah, you, you, got, you got some brass ones, but... Yeah, not a lot of no. smarts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't graduate from college, probably. Yeah, but, I, uh... when your power set is a sideshow... Uh... <laughs> yeah. you, should, you should be in the freak show. You know, That's like, you're, you're, you know, you're on after the bearded lady. That's not a super... Exactly, yeah. No, you, you, you should not be uh, go, going, going to New York to steal your riches. Yeah, it's, no. it's just... Anyway, go ahead. Well, uh, what I was talking before the stream, uh, the... Uh... Uh, what's her name? Carrie Fisher. Carrie, yes, the the uh, uh, preliminary autopsy results for Carrie Fisher came out, and I thought it was just hilarious that uh, the first thing they said in the in in the, in the article was uh, uh, she suffered from sleep apnea. I'm like, okay, yeah. that causes heart attacks sometimes, I guess maybe. Uh, people die of sleep that, apnea all the time. Yeah, and then uh, but she she wasn't asleep at the time. Uh, but, <laughs> well, that would be a problem. <laughs> and then underneath that, like listed second or third was, oh yeah, there was also drugs. Oh, that's a shock. And I'm like, come on, man, you're kind of burying the lead on that one. Sleep apnea does not go before How drugs. How dare you say General Leia did drugs? Yeah, that's stupid. What's wrong with you? Even though, even though Carrie Fisher has said over and over again, I keep trying and failing to stop using drugs. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. Now, what's sad is Debbie Reynolds always knew that drugs were going to kill her daughter, and she was right. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Oh, well. I mean, that's totally not unexpected. It's sad, but it's one of those... I kept seeing articles, I didn't click on any of them, read them. It's like Carrie Fisher's daughter reacts to her mother's autopsy report. I don't want to see that. What's she going <laughs> to say? This is lies? You know? I mean, come on now. Yeah, it's it's tragic, you know. What, what would you say? Oh, oh yeah, I was I was there smoking up with her. It was awesome, you know. She went out like a thug, you know. Come there on. you go. 
Just, uh, uh, it's too bad. I don't want anyone to die, but, uh, that is a pity. But I, people try to make a big deal of it. I mean, Carrie Fisher, no one cared what she was doing about 10 years ago. All of a sudden, you know, these movies can all of a sudden, everyone cares. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just life in the public she, eye. She was, she, was living, she was living well under the radar for a long time. Yeah, she was. She wasn't you in know, any she, films. She wasn't doing anything. No, no. She was a script doctor for years. Yeah, yeah. She's Several actually really talented making, at that. making bank. Yep, yep. Yeah, it was good stuff. Yep. But you could tell that uh, those years had done a, did a number on her voice. Mm. You know? Because when, you know, when you see her in the original series, she has a very nice voice. Then you see her in the new film. He's like, oh, God, I'm so happy to see you. Well, the, the the decades of smoking probably didn't help. Yeah, you know. To be fair. She smoked like five packs a day or something. Well, yeah, it was crazy. Literally two, I think. But yeah, your vices eventually catch up with you. Yep. Such is life. Uh, trying to think of anything interesting I've had going on. No, nothing really. Nothing. No. no. At all? Uh, the Stormblood expansion is just about to officially come out. For Final Fantasy 14, it actually is in uh, pre-release right now. So if you pre-order the game and got a pre-release code, you could be playing right now. Okay. For some reason, I don't have this code, even though I pre-ordered the game. I emailed Amazon, and they sent me a Amazon actually sent me a code to get the pre-order items. Great, I used that. I got my pre-order items. That's not the same as the Head Start pre-order code. I emailed them and told them this. They sent me the same code again. So it's just like you know what, I could wait another week. I'm there you go. Yeah, yeah. You got all the items. You know, you're you're a week behind everyone else, but that's not the point. So. And honestly, it, I don't like it because I'm going to be streaming tomorrow, Final Fantasy 14. I won't be able to do the new stuff. That's true. Yeah. But on the other hand, I actually like being a little late to a new expansion, just because I'm not going to be waiting in giant lines. Because right now I'm having issues. Of course they are. Yeah. Um, with like there's some quest givers. Who there's so many people crowding around them, people can't click on them, and it's over, all the clicks are overloading the server, so you gotta keep clicking, hope eventually your click gets through to get a quest. And it's so bad that people have actually started forming lines. There are all these screenshots people are posting on like the Final Fantasy forums of hundreds oh, of people up? in line to get this to go to these quest givers. Wow. It's really pretty pathetic. And I don't want to be in one of those lines. I'm True not gonna enough. put up with that. I'm gonna wait a week. It'll still be pretty full when I go in. My F, my free company, my guild in the game will have already gone through all the content. So I'll say, hey, guys, I need to do this. What should I do? And they'll say, hey, we'll run it with you. And I'll say, sweet. And that's what I'm going to do. So okay. Sounds great. I'm okay with that. But the everyone so far is pretty happy about the expansion. I haven't heard any real complaints, but then again, it's only been in pre-release for a few days. So we'll see what happens with that. But that's kind of what's been occupying my mind. A bit. Understood. Yes. Yeah. That is Star Trek Online has their new event going on right now. Yeah, and you may be too late to start I grinding for the ship. I probably am. Because it takes 25 days, and no, no, it's the 17th. How, how many days are in this month? Hang on. 30? Yes, 30. So uh, 25 days, and, and it goes to the 28th. So, so yeah, I can still do it. Yeah, yeah, you can still do it if you start now. And just do you know, the rise event every day. Yes, yeah, so you do the rise event every day for twenty-five days, and then you'll you'll get your thousand points and be able to get your your Vorgon uh, carrier. All right, I should do that. I really yeah, should a, do that. I like Star Trek Online. I want to play it more. I just I'm always caught up doing all these other things, you know. Yeah, right. I'm about I'm about forty percent there. Nice, nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll start working on that. I'll jump on tonight. Go in there. Yeah, it takes five minutes. It's not yeah, fun. yeah. If I do it before midnight, well, actually, once the server reset. Yeah, no, it's it's once every twenty hours. Oh, okay, cool. Because yeah. some of them do it like based on server reset times. Some of it's based no, on no, hours. no, it's twenty hours. Cool. Yeah, so if you if you do it if you do it say at eleven fifteen, you finish it at eleven fifteen, then twenty four hours minus four. Tomorrow you can do it earlier, and then so you like can do it earlier. Then at earlier. nine, yeah. no, yeah, seven. Eleven minus four is seven. I can okay. do math. I can do math. You can do math. Good for you. So yeah. Uh, Duncan. Uh, Duncan Idaho Eleven says there's a cooldown timer for the event in the PVE cooldown window. Oh, Duncan Idaho, you're one of the guys from uh, from the Star Trek Online uh, Foundry community. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Nice to have you on. Good to see yeah. you. He's he's been a uh, he's been uh, creeping around my streams lately. No, Duncan not, Idaho's not, awesome. not saying anything. Yeah, I just found, saw the Foundry Roundtable actually had a new podcast drop recently. I'm, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm super excited. I love the Foundry Roundtable. Always Thank you for telling point. me. Yes. Thank you for telling me before now where, where you tell me in public, and I have to be ignorant. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I wanted everyone to know because I love the Foundry Roundtable. Um, uh, Drogon1701, Green Dragoon, uh, Gorgonops, all those guys. I just love listening to that podcast because um, they not only talk about how things are built in the Foundry and little things some of those little guys, little tips. They talk about the Foundry missions they're working on, the difficulties. I just love the Foundry Roundtable. Highly recommended to everyone, as I've said before. It's true. Well, all their all their missions have been amazing. So they have, you know. they have, they have been. So big fan. But that's really what's been going on in my in my random brainstem. Um, oh, I have been continuing my uh, console playthroughs. I haven't actually been streaming them because I can't. But I. Th- Trying to go through all my uh, my console game collection alphabetically, and I just finished Bionic Commando for the PS3. Bionic Commando! Oh, I remember playing that at the arcade. Yeah, well, it's a different game with the arcade and on the Nintendo, and then there's like a Bionic Commando Revolution. This is like a sequel, and this is something I never realized. In Bionic Commando, your mission is to rescue Super Joe. Any of the arcade or the or the Nintendo version. Do you mm-hmm. know who Super Joe is? Who's that? He is the main character from the Commando video game. How did he get captured? They captured him. Yeah. They did. Okay. They just did. Uh, Cthulhu Law says, have either of you played the alternate history Wolfenstein game? I haven't, but I want to. It looks really good. <laughs> Duncan I says, yes, creeping to ulterior motives. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. But uh, I liked uh, the Bionic Commando for the PS3. It was a fun game. A little Good. cheesy. Had way too much cursing. That, did, that didn't need to be there. But it was a, once I mastered the stupid hook mechanic or the Bionic R mechanic, it was a lot yeah. of fun. Okay, cool. Ends on a cliffhanger, which I don't think will ever be resolved. But all right. That's too bad. That's all I got. What else all you right, got? Then, then we're, no, that's it. We're good, man. We're good? Yeah. All right, then. Uncle says, I love your show. Good fun. I'm doing the Jessica commentary. Oh, well, thank you, Duncan Idaho. We appreciate it. So, uh, so I guess we're going to call it for today. We really appreciate everyone showing up. If you have any constructive comments or suggestions, check out Legion of Myth on the internet. Um, our home is at reddit.com slash r slash Legion of Myth. Or, of course, on Facebook. We can talk on there. We love the book of faces. On youtube.com slash c slash Legion of Myth underscore page. Check out all of our videos. <laughs> we have... <laughs> Thanks, Cthulhu. Uh, we have uh, videos, uh, Star Trek Online Foundry every day, and also other videos from Max Liao, Heathen Dog, and myself uh, at Twitter at Legion of Myth or Twitch TV slash Legion of Myth. So much to do. 
So much entertainment. Anything you want to do? As always, you can check this audio version podcast on iTunes, uh, Player FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, or on our LOM website. If you want to support us, you can get our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash legionofmyth or directly at patreon.com slash legionofmyth. Thank you to our Patreon supporters, Hicks206, Elgarian, Alan51, Baldahar, and Heathen Dog, And of course, everyone in the chat. Thanks a lot, you guys. So, any final words of wisdom, Heathen Dog? I want to thank everyone for coming by and uh, chatting up with us. And uh, everyone on YouTube who sees us later, uh, go ahead and leave, leave the comments, like, like you said. And uh, we, will, uh, we will read them and we will get back to you. Don't worry about it. We will. And always, if you're listening to us on iTunes, go drop us a review. We do appreciate it. Every little review helps. And as always, everyone remember, you have one life. Live it well, live it nerdy, and have a great darn one night.